2: I've made it. I'm on the paradise island of Koh Lanta and I actually get to stay here at this luxurious beachside resort. Hey, I'm Achara, a 17-year-old girl from Krabi Town, Thailand. As amazing as this place is, I'm actually not here on vacation. Instead, I'm here to reunite with the boy I saved 10 years ago. I almost forgot he existed until last week when I came across a Facebook post by Thomas, a famous British swimmer, searching for the mystery girl who saved his life as a child. Thomas is currently in Thailand for business, so here I am, eager to finally see him again. I was waiting by the gate, when suddenly, sounds of rolling suitcases came from behind me. I turned around to see two girls about my age standing there. Hmm, who are they? Before I could say anything, the gate opened and a friendly woman invited us inside. According to Mrs. Danvish, Thomas's housekeeper, he had a training schedule in another city and wouldn't be back for a couple of days. Then she introduced us to each other. The short-haired girl is called Sarai, and the longer-haired girl is Kanda. Deary me, I must say that having three girls all claiming to be Thomas's savior came as a bit of a surprise. (laughs) But I'm sure the truth will come out in the wash. Until then, please all stay here and make yourselves comfortable. So those two girls are pretending to be me? Unbelievable! But no problem, Thomas would soon realize I was the one he was looking for and would kick those imposters out of here. I dropped my suitcase off in my room, then went downstairs for dinner. As soon as I sat down, I spoke out. Stop acting! I know you two fakers are just pretending to be me so you can get your hands on Thomas's fortune. <laughs> You're the fake one! Curly hair and a mole? You really have done your study, huh? OMG, these two audacious girls were getting on my nerves. At that moment, Mrs. Danvish entered, followed by the waiter with a trolley full of the most delicious-looking food I'd ever laid eyes on. Now that Mrs. Danvish was here, the two impostors immediately changed their frosty attitudes to their bright smiles and sweet-as-pie acts. (sighs) Ladies, please help yourselves to food and drink. Then, tomorrow morning, after you've all been well-rested, we shall have a little chat. Um, but how am I supposed to enjoy the food when I have these two vultures glaring at me? I quickly finished my meal, then rushed back to my room. I must be well prepared for tomorrow. The next morning, a maid escorted me out to the garden for breakfast. The other two girls were already there. On seeing me, Kanda scowled at me while Sarai made a point of sawing her knife through her omelette. I was about to help myself to some breakfast, when suddenly Mrs. Danvish appeared and said, "'Morning, girls. I hope you're all well-rested.' She sat down, then continued. "'Now to the main point. I'm rather curious and was wondering where you first met Thomas.' "'Easy. It was here on this island when I was ten years old. I was collecting shells on the beach when I met him.' "'Busted. I was only seven years old then, imposter. Gee, a careless move over there, Conda.' Thomas clearly specified in an interview that he'd been eight years old and the girl who saved him was a year younger. Yes, I met Thomas when I was seven years old. At that time, my father was a helmsman. I often followed him here, and once I spotted Thomas sitting alone on the beach. Feeling bored waiting for my dad, I came to say hi and hang out with them the whole day. That afternoon, Thomas got a cramp while swimming and he would have drowned if it wasn't for me. I saved him, then my father and I took him to the hospital." Mrs. Danvish just listened silently, and when all three of us had finished answering, she said, Indeed, the girl in question was seven at the time. So, Conda... No, I just misremembered. See, I was only seven at the time. I could easily get confused. Mrs. Danvish didn't say anything more after this, but I saw this knowing look in her eyes. Then, that night at dinner, there were only two places at the table set, and Conda never made an appearance. Seems like things are getting serious. The next morning, I was making the most of my time here by lounging around on the beach, reading my favorite book, when someone blocked out the sun. I looked up to see Sarai smirking down at me. Enjoy yourself while you can, as you'll be the next to leave. As if! You may have memorized all the information from the newspapers, but that's not going to be enough to fool Thomas. You. I saw the fury in Sarai's eyes as she raised her hand to slap me. But, huh? Someone stopped her. Standing in front of me was a tall, handsome guy. Wow, who is he? Miss, violence is not the answer. <laughs> who are you to lecture me? Actually, I'm Eli, Thomas's assistant. Sarai tutted under her breath, and then strutted off. Um, are you okay? I'm fine. I just don't know how someone has the nerve to lie like that. We continued talking as we strolled along the beach. Eli mentioned how I was exactly as Thomas had described me. Seeing as Eli seemed to be on my side, I took the chance to ask him more about Thomas, such as what his favorite foods, colors, and movies were. Yesterday I spoke to Thomas's housekeeper, Mrs. Danbish. She seems to know a lot about him, doesn't she?
3: That's right. She was Thomas's nanny. Due to their busy schedules, Thomas's parents were often busy, so most of the time Mrs. Danbish was the one taking care of him. He's
2: very fond of her. Then Eli showed me a picture of Mrs. Danvish hugging a smiley, young-looking Thomas. Oh, so he had blonde hair when he was little? I was so lost in thought, I didn't notice a rock and tripped over it. Eli immediately reached out to study me. Then he asked if I was okay. Oh my god, what happened to me? Why is my heart thudding like crazy? That night, Sarai and I were sitting in the dining room having a stare-off as we waited for dinner, when suddenly... A man walked in holding two bouquets of sunflowers. Thomas! Oh, wow. He looks even more handsome in real life. My best friend Dara should have been here to see this. I told her to come here, but she wouldn't listen to me. Before I had time to greet Thomas, Sarai rushed over and hugged him. Then she pretended to get all emotional. Finally, we're reunited. Not a day has passed when I haven't thought of you. Thomas awkwardly pushed her away, then scratched his head. Let's have dinner first and then talk about this later. The food looked delicious as always, but I had a job to do. Only, whenever I tried to say something to Thomas, that awful Sarai interrupted me. Since our first meeting, the image of a cute brown-haired boy has been imprinted on my heart. I noticed Thomas pause and exchange a knowing look with Eli. You mean blonde, right? She thinks you had brown hair because she's never seen you when you were a kid. And that just proves she's a fraud. Thomas looked at me, stunned, then turned to Sarai in disappointment as she blurted out, It's not like that. Please hear me out. Without letting Sarai finish her sentence, Thomas sternly said, You
3: know, I can totally sue you for impersonation and fraud. If you don't want to get in trouble, get out of here at once.
2: Sarai looked like she was about to cry as she stuttered helplessly, then quickly got up and left. Thomas then grabbed my hand, smiled, and said, Finally, I found you." So he's weeded out the frauds. But why do I feel so guilty when I see his cheerful face? And what about Eli? Why do I find myself wishing it wasn't Thomas holding my hand right now? (sighs) The next morning, I took Thomas to my hometown and showed him around. We were walking along the shore of the Crabby River when I saw Dara waiting. There she is. I invited her to join us. This is Dara, my best friend. Dara, this is Thomas, the guy I was talking to you about. Right then, my phone started ringing. Excuse me, I've got to take this. Go ahead, guys, I'll be right back. I quickly left, but did not forget to wink at Dara and whisper to her. I did my best. Now it's your turn. I took a stroll around the area and came back to see Thomas sitting alone, looking off into the distance. Hmm, where did Dara go? Seeing me, he stood up and said, Dara had something to do, so she left early. We should leave, too. On our way back home, I couldn't help but ask Thomas. So, Dara told you everything, right? What do you mean? Oh, well, she did tell me about some interesting spots in the town. Oh, man, that means Thomas still has no clue? Silly Dara. I put so much effort into bringing him here. Oh, hey, Achora!
3: This suddenly came to my mind. When you took me to the hospital back then, do you remember what
2: flower you gave me? Flowers. Hmm. He got me sunflowers last time, so it must be... Of course I remember. I gave you a sunflower. I wanted to cheer you up. I was expecting a nod from Thomas, but to my surprise, he sighed and said, Actually, I just made that up. There were no flowers at all. Thomas's words got me wavered. I didn't want to end up in a position like this. Fine. If Dara chickened out of telling him the truth herself, then I guess I'd just have to do it. Thomas, I'm... I'm sorry. Actually... And so, I told Thomas the truth. The one who saved Thomas that day was Dara, not me. And she's in a pretty tough situation right now. Ever since her dad's accident that left him unable to take his boat out anymore, Dara's family were in terrible debt. So... When I saw the article where Thomas was searching for his savior, I tried to convince Dara to come forward, as he might be able to help out her family. But I can't do that. I can't let him see me in this awful state. He would presume I was only after his money. No matter how much I tried to convince her, Dara still refused to go and meet Thomas. And so I decided to disguise myself as Dara and approach you first. Then I planned to reunite you here. And she agreed to all that? No, she didn't. I carried things out all alone. I kept asking Dara for more information about the past and then spent all my savings on hair appointments and makeup to fake a mole like hers. Then I lied to my parents that I was participating in a summer camp and went to Colanta. I also arranged to meet her here today, but I guess she's still not ready to talk to you. Actually, when I saw Dara, I felt this strange connection
3: toward her, but seeing the way she left like that, Maybe she doesn't want to see me again.
2: Oh no, what had I done? I want to bring them together, not drive them apart. Are things really just going to end up like this? It's been three days since then, and now here I am, nervously waiting for Dara in the airport lobby. I'd asked her to meet me here, but this doesn't look good. Does she really not even bother to say goodbye to me before I leave the country?
3: Achora, seems like Dara isn't coming. I'm sorry, but we have to go.
2: I gave a solemn sigh and pulled my suitcase when suddenly I heard someone call. Wait up! Achara! I turned around and saw Dara running towards me. Oh boy, what a relief! I quickly hid away my smile and put on a sulky expression. Oh, you're here? Thought you wouldn't come. Anyway, my boyfriend and I are off to London to meet his family. They're really eager to meet his savior, right babe? Thank you for coming to send me off! Dara gave an awkward look. Then she took my hand and led me over so she could whisper, "'Achara, can I talk to Thomas in private for a minute?' "'Yes, my plan worked!' I turned to Eli and gave a thumbs-up. Then we rushed off and left Dara and Thomas to talk alone. (laughs) "'Did you really think I would let those two idiots give up on each other so easily?' "'No way!' I had discussed it with Thomas and planned to fake a cheesy farewell at the airport, and voila, Dara finally realized her feelings for Thomas in this hit-or-miss moment, and the two of them had a happy reunion. Yay! So, what about me, huh? Well, you don't have to worry, because I might have scored this cute, handsome assistant right here.
0: (laughs) Admit it. Come on. You took my necklace, didn't you? Mindy looked at us and shook her head. She was sweating. Well, there are only three of us in this house, and if Andy didn't take it, then obviously it was you. Seriously, Cass, you got to believe me I didn't take it. But clearly she was lying, because when I rummaged through her bag, Cass's necklace was right there. Cass told her to get out of her house, and Mindy burst into tears. Poor Mindy. I really wanted to stop Cass, but she seriously hates people touching her stuff, so I just kept quiet. You see, Cass and I are pretty much joint at the hip. We've always lived in the same neighborhood, so we grew up together and shared everything. Well, almost everything. Except one little secret that would probably ruin our friendship forever if she found out about it. Auntie, what are you doing?' I started to stammer. "'Uh, um, uh, um, this is so cute!' Honestly, I'm so upset about Mindy. I can't believe she'd do something like that. I smiled, not knowing what to say. I mean, it was me who'd exposed her. Suddenly, I felt so guilty. Right at that moment, we got to the checkout. Cass took everything out of the cart to give to the cashier. Hang on, she exclaimed. What is this? This item has the barcode ripped off? The cashier made a fuss for a while and even called the manager. Cass and I stood there for ages, trying to figure out what was going on. Cass even started crying, thinking she'd be accused of shoplifting. After about thirty minutes, the store manager came and told us we could leave. They kept the items that had no barcodes and sent us on our way. Phew, that was close. What? What do you mean? Oh, nothing. I'm just relieved that we didn't get into any trouble. Just so you know, though, that wasn't the first time we got ourselves into an awkward situation while out shopping. Sometimes it was the torn barcodes, sometimes the tags were missing, then the security alarm would always go off at the door, and all of these situations weren't just coincidences. Okay, I gotta be honest here. The thing is, I have a habit of pilfering. Not because I can't afford stuff. I mean, my dad's the owner of a bank, so money isn't the issue. My dad basically buys me the latest phone every month. And you should see my wardrobe. I have all the designer bags. I steal because it gives me the kind of thrill that my boring daily life just can't give me. My dad just hands me money every day and never stops to think that maybe I'd like a hug or a how are you. Ever since my mom left when I was just a baby, he's been using money as a way to keep the peace. So one day when I was in elementary school, I stole a hairpin from the girl who sat next to me. It felt so good. Like my own little secret. I loved the drama that came with it. And the fact that no one ever suspected me, because I was such a rich little girl. After the hairpin, I got addicted to stealing little things and couldn't stop. It felt like the only thing I could control in my life. And so I kept on doing it. And here I am now, still getting a buzz from it every single time. And yep, you've guessed it. The one who took the necklace at Cass' sleepover was none other than me, of course. But at that time, because I was so scared... I slipped the necklace into Mindy's bag and pretended to find it there. I was deep in thought when suddenly Alex's scream startled me. Guys, I've lost my unicorn pen. You know the pen that glows? The whole class was suddenly in uproar. Some friends were trying to look for it. Meanwhile, Alex was walking straight towards me. Andrea must have taken it. This morning when I took out the pen, me and her were the only ones in here. I looked up at Alex my heart pounding in my chest. This is it. I'm so done this time. Then I suddenly looked over at Scott Parker, the cute boy who just transferred to our class. Oh no, I couldn't give him a bad impression of me. I had to quickly think of a way out of this. You waited until I went to the bathroom to take it, didn't you? Alex, I'd never do such a thing. Besides, I have loads of nice pens. In fact, you can have one if you'd like. I pulled out a beautiful pink rhinestone pen from my pencil case and handed it to Alex. While Alex stared in awe at my pen, I suggested everyone go check their lockers to see if her pen was there. Sure enough, right by the lockers was the glowing unicorn pen she'd lost. Right in front of Scott. I picked up the pen and handed it to Alex. I'm so upset you thought I'd steal this from you. But it's okay. At least we found it. Alex blushed and apologized to me. Our other friends also blamed Alex for not looking for it carefully enough and for jumping to conclusions about me. Next time? Don't be so silly. Andrea's a good person. Besides, her family is so wealthy. Why would she need to steal a pen from you? I just smiled and walked away. Suddenly, a voice called out from behind me. It was Scott. He looked at me and said, Wow, that was totally dramatic. I'm Scott, by the way. You're Andrea, right? Um... Sorry if this is a bit forward, but here's my number. Excuse me? Am I dreaming? Of course I texted him as soon as I got home. He said he was so impressed with how I'd handled being blamed for the whole thing. Soon we were chatting every day, and eventually he asked me to be his girlfriend. I was so happy. But there was just one small problem. Ever since we'd started dating, I felt really ashamed about my bad habit of stealing things. I was determined to give it up, but it wasn't going to be easy. One day, Scott came to pick me up and asked if I wanted to go to the bookstore. Bookstore? No, I don't want to go there. Can we go somewhere else? Please? Seeing me panic like that, Scott looked puzzled. Then he suggested we go to his place to watch a movie, which I was fine with. Hopefully there would be no temptations for stealing there. A middle-aged woman opened the door for us at Scott's place. Oh, this is Sandra, our maid. Hi, Sandra. I'm Andrea. But instead of saying hi back, Sandra just stared at me in a seriously creepy way. It actually sent shivers down my spine. After watching the movie, Scott and his mom invited me to stay for dinner. Scott's mother, Mrs. Doris Parker, was really sweet, and we had some interesting chats. While waiting for dessert, I got up to go to the bathroom. But as I stepped out there, I almost bumped into Sandra. She was just standing there staring at me again. Uh, sorry. She didn't say anything, but just kept staring at me in this weird way. Oh my gosh, why was she looking at me like that? Next morning at school, Scott told me his mother had just lost a valuable ring. She had a jewelry tray next to the bathroom sink, and after washing her hands, she'd forgotten to put her ring on. After dinner, the ring was no longer there. I comforted Scott, then made an excuse to go to the ladies' room. I needed to seriously think about this. Honestly, I'd tried my best to not get the urge to steal at Scott's place but when I'd seen Doris's beautiful ring, no, I had to find a way to return it. No one could find out about this, and I had sworn to myself that I would never let this happen again. Hello, Saint. Huh? Where's Sandra? Oh, she was fired. Mrs. Parker said Sandra had stolen her jewelry. Anyway, may I help you? Oh, no. I had to return this ring immediately. Poor Sandra. Scott came down for me and said he'd make dinner. I glanced through the window to find Doris was having tea in the garden. This was my chance. I snuck up to her room, quietly tiptoed in, and headed towards her jewelry box. Suddenly, the light came on. Tell me what on earth are you doing here? I quickly turned around, dropping the ring to the floor. Mindy? Why are you here? I'm Scott's cousin. So it was you who stole the ring. I can't believe my cousin is dating you. Hearing the noise, Scott and his mom ran upstairs, while I was still dumbfounded and speechless. It was you who stole Cass's necklace too, wasn't it? She won't even speak to me because of you. I'm so sorry. I know it's not okay, but I couldn't stop myself. I've been feeling so guilty, so that's why I'm returning it. I was still kneeling on the ground when a hand reached out to me and helped me stand up. I'll handle this. Come on, let's have a chat outside, shall we? "'Turns out Mrs. Parker is a therapist. "'She could see I had a problem and offered to help me. "'I told her how guilty I'd been feeling "'about Sandra getting fired "'and asked Doris if she could call her for me "'so I could apologize. Thirty minutes later, Sandra arrived. "'As soon as Doris saw her, "'she apologized and offered her the job back. "'But no, no, ma'am. "'I was the one who stole it, "'and I deserve to be punished. "'I'm sorry, Sandra. "'I've already confessed to Mrs. Parker "'that I stole the ring.' I didn't mean to get you fired. I just couldn't help it. You didn't do anything wrong. i It was me? I was greedy? She is innocent. What on earth is going on? Obviously I was the thief, so why was she defending me? Why are you doing this? Do we know each other, Sandra? And that's when the truth came pouring out. Sandra was my mom. Yeah, I don't know how this is possible either. So according to her words, she'd had a huge fight with my dad when I was a baby, and she'd fled to another city where she found a job working for Scott's family. When they moved to Seattle, she came with them. Even though she was nervous about returning back to where me and my dad were, she'd carried so much guilt about leaving us, and never in a million years did she expect to bump into me at Scott's house. I was so shocked, I couldn't even speak. I'd imagined this moment my whole life. And now, here I was, standing face to face with her. And she'd even taken the blame for me. I couldn't believe it. Mom, I'm so sorry that I stole the ring. I I can't believe you're really here. Sweetie, you don't need to apologize. I'm the one who will be apologizing for the rest of my life. Abandoning my daughter like that. What kind of mom am I? How will you ever forgive me? We stood there. Hugging for what felt like forever, and I knew in that moment that I'd never steal again. Doris diagnosed me as having kleptomania due to a lack of love from my mom. But now that my mom was back, I had no reason to seek out those thrills from stealing. I had everything I needed right here. There were a few moments where I almost stole again, but Doris told me to call my mom as soon as I felt the urge, and when my mom picked up the phone and I heard her voice, the urge faded, and I felt so much better. Scott and Cass and Mindy forgave me after Doris sat them all down and explained more about my addiction and where it stemmed from. Now, Scott and I are still together, and I see my mom every day at Scott's place. My dad hasn't forgiven my mom for leaving yet, but baby steps. Finally, I feel like everything is complete, and my pilfering is a thing of the past.
4: Why haven't the results of the sketch contest been published yet? Hey guys, the results are over here! Frantically, I ran to the results board. Julie Morris, the first place on the list. Phew! Congrats, Julie. You deserve it. You're both pretty and talented. Is there anything you can't do? Oh, how I adore receiving high praises from everyone like that. (sighs) But what's that sound? I turned around and... It was just Kate. Normally, she'd win for sure, but... Let's check out her rank. Oh, here at the bottom. It was all because of the school logo and ink on the body of the pencil she used that day. Kate's hands got sweaty easily, so in drawing, the ink stained her hand and she accidentally smeared it all over her paper. Poor you, Kate. But you know what? I'm just simply better than you. Now, all that was left between me and one of the three golden tickets to a design summer camp in Italy was one last contest. There's one problem. This new girl called Ariana. Unfortunately, just so happens to be a talented designer. Julie, are you okay? Miss, Julie fainted. A boy shouted loudly and frantically took me to the first aid room. Yeah, so now here I am. But hey, don't worry, actually. I'm not ill at all. I was just pretending so I could skip PE class to carry out my plan. As I walked into class, I saw everyone buzzing around Ariana's desk. I asked my friend what happened, and she said someone had spilled coffee all over her drawing. Ariana was all panicking and kept checking her watch. She'd still have to redraw it, but time was running out. Suddenly, a voice said, Hey, someone dropped a necklace here. Maybe that's who did all this? Subconsciously, I touched my neck, and, Uh uh-oh, it wasn't there. Then there was a hand on my shoulder that startled me to turn around. It was Rebecca. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this is yours, right? She glared at me. Um, um, that's my necklace. But, so how did it end up under Ariana's desk? At that moment, I was so shaken that I couldn't say a word. Luckily for me, Ariana piped in. I think it's just a coincidence. Julie would never do something like this. Everyone agreed with her, saying that a sweet girl like me would never do such a mean thing. It's okay. Rebecca was just confused. That's all. No worries. Ugh. How dare Rebecca accuse me? It's crazy to think we used to be besties. You see, I've known her since childhood, as our parents are friends but then she grew up and turned into this awful know-it-all. But hey, I needed to put it aside. I had to focus on my own design. Just because I'd sabotaged Ariana's design didn't mean I could let my guard down. It was an anxious wait to find out if I'd made the summer camp list, though I shouldn't have to be that stressed, as of course, I was in. Turns out, even though Ariana had to redraw in a rush, she still got one slot too. But the last slot went to... Rebecca? Huh? I didn't know she was also into fashion design. Anyway, whatever, Rebecca. She was never my match. So, ta-da! Finally, I'm here in Milan, the fashion capital of the world. And guess what? During the summer camp, there will be various competitions, and the best will win a scholarship to the Polytechnic University of Milan! Unbelievable! I've been dreaming about this for a long time. No one was going to stand in my way. The camp was amazing. I enjoyed visiting museums and studying courses in fashion history, choosing clothing material, and cutting techniques. Then, our first test was announced, completing basic sewing skills in the fastest time. Easy peasy! I've even taken some classes on tailoring before, so of course it didn't bother me. Seeing everyone struggling to complete their products, I smiled and confidently pressed the end time button. However, at the same time, someone else hit their button too. Rebecca. Of course, the judges loved my work, but watching them praise Rebecca's work sucked. Ugh! How can someone who has never taken a sewing class be so good? The two weeks of summer camp flew by, but then the last challenge arrived, which would decide the winner. Each candidate got a large piece of cloth, and this is all we would be given, which meant no room for mistakes. Everyone was trying to focus and design with maximum intensity. I glanced at Rebecca, who seemed to almost be finished with the dress. And to be honest, her white dress looked quite simple, but elegant. Suddenly it got me anxious. Ugh, since when did she become such a pain in the neck? We had a little break at noon, so everyone went out for lunch. Meanwhile, I stayed back a little longer trying to finish the test. I just didn't feel like eating, knowing that my dress was not perfect yet. But only, I wasn't able to concentrate on my design. I kept staring at Rebecca's mannequin instead. Should I do this or not? If anyone finds out, then everything will be over. But if I lose, then my dreams will be shattered anyway. Something inside of me kept urging me to go straight to Rebecca's work and immediately splash ink on that white dress. My heart thudded with a mixture of excitement and guilt. Then I quickly fled the scene. When everyone returned to the room and saw Rebecca's dress, they gasped in shock. Huh? Why was Rebecca the only one not panicking? She calmly took a brush, dipped it in the ink well, and walked towards the dress. Then she started splashing ink over it. What was she playing at? My question was immediately answered when a very unique ink-patterned dress appeared in front of my eyes. Worse still, the judges' faces lit up when they saw it, and they highly appreciated her problem-solving skills. Um, congrats, Rebecca. You did a good job. Nah, thanks to you, Julie. Let's see who wins. Rebecca sneered and walked away. What did she mean by that? Did she know that I was the one who did it? I was so worried that I tossed and turned all night. Hey, Julie, wake up. You can't be late for the last challenge. (sighs) Oh, hi, Ariana. What are you saying? Uh Uh-oh. Hang on. How come it was still the 23rd of July? Had I dreamt it all? But it was... So strange. Things actually happened exactly like that dream. The ink incident with Rebecca's dress and her quick thinking to rescue it. Anyways, keep calm. I couldn't let this scholarship slide. I couldn't be that girl that lost out on my dream to someone else. (sighs) The shame would be unbearable. After finishing the design, each of us would have a model to present it. At that point, I made a crazy decision. Right before the performance, I quickly followed Rebecca's model to the restroom, locked the door from the outside, then put the out-of-service sign in front of it. When all the contestants settled down to watch the show, Rebecca still didn't turn up. Well, well, maybe she was still busy looking for a substitute model. Give up yet, Rebecca? I was laughing to myself when my thoughts of victory were interrupted by applause and whistles. Huh? On the catwalk... Is that Rebecca? Wearing her own design? Ariana whispered into my ear. Rebecca is stunning. She totally deserves this scholarship, right, Julie? What? How could Rebecca surpass me? Again? Hey, Julie, wake up. You can't be late for the last challenge. What? It's still the 23rd of July? Hang on. This meant Rebecca hadn't won yet, and I still had a chance. This time, I decided not to mess up Rebecca's dress. Instead, I looked up online some ideas to improve my own design, and I discovered a wonderful design on a fashion blog, which was quite similar to what Rebecca was doing. Ha! Turned out Little Miss Perfect was just an idea thief. So I decided to design the exact same dress, and one hour right before the show, it was time to pull the trigger. I reported to the judge that Rebecca stole my idea and claimed myself to be the owner of that blog. But instead of any sign of panic, a smirk lit up on Rebecca's face as she turned to me and said, Game over, Julie. Then she went straight to the judge. I didn't know what she told them, but they disqualified me right after. Excuse me? I couldn't breathe or think or anything. I pointed at Rebecca and yelled, She's the thief! There's something wrong here! Then Rebecca calmly approached me. Nice try, Julie, but your dirty tricks won't fool me. I know it was you that ruined Kate and Ariana's projects. And guess who is the real owner of that blog? Yep, me. I stared at her in shock as she continued to talk about the real reason why she stopped being friends with me. She said it was all because of my jealousy, which had turned me into such a mean girl. Julie, you're beautiful and talented. You need to believe in your own abilities instead of sabotaging other people's work. Don't be that type of person. I woke up sweating. I reached for the phone and it was still the 23rd of July. Ugh! Would this day please be over already? But maybe this was good, as this meant I had a chance to put things right. Lunchtime arrived and I lingered behind and looked at Rebecca's perfect dress. I hovered my hand over the ink bottle, but then I left it where it was. Sighed, then walked back over to my own dress. So, what happened? Well, Rebecca still won. But you know what? It's okay. I tried my best, I didn't cheat, and, well, Rebecca's dress was a worthy winner. After the competition, I saw some of the other girls congratulating Rebecca. So I walked over and tapped her on the shoulder and giving her a sincere smile said, I just wanted to say congrats. Your design's amazing. Thanks, Julie. I really love your dress too. Your stitching was so precise. Okay, so I didn't win, but I did learn a valuable lesson. I should always give 100% in what I do, instead of wasting so much time and energy trying to ruin things for other people. Oh, and about that time loop... I put it down to competition stress. I think it must have made me feel like I was stuck in a dream world until I learned the error of my ways. Finally, I've found inner peace, and I'm finally out of that dream. I have to admit, I did whoop when I woke up, and it was finally the 24th of July.